Welcome to the Advisor Talk podcast channel. This is Nick Stewart, CEO and Authorised Financial Advisor at Stewart Group. If you're new to the show, Stewart Group is a CFEX certified financial planning and advisory firm servicing clients throughout New Zealand with offices in both Hawke's Bay and Wellington. On today's episode, recorded on the 30th of October 2020, I have my father Don Stewart with me in the studio. He's the founding principal of Stewart Group. Don joined the financial services industry in 1974, and in 1986 he established Stewart Group. He is an authorised financial advisor and a trustee for several substantial family trusts in New Zealand. He brings 40 years of experience in insurance advice and wealth management. As the head of risk insurance at Stewart Group and as a trusted advisor to many of our long-standing clients, Don is a busy man and he keeps us all on our toes. So welcome, Don. How are you keeping? All good, fun, and enjoying the challenges of this current market. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 pretty bumpy. You know, uh, US election uh, less than a week away. Mm, interesting times. Most interesting. So tell me, Don, we are seeing term deposit rates in New Zealand across the banks at, you know, and at falling to levels never seen before in my lifetime, nor yours or my grandparents, your parents. I mean, phenomenal. You know, there are currently no offers on short date of term deposits that have anything starting with anything larger than a one. And, you know, the Reserve Bank is signalling zero a possible zero or negative interest rate at a wholesale level in other words reserve bank lending to retail banks um, by march 2021 so look it would appear that things are set to get worse for savers what are your thoughts on that well as you said we're, we're talking 40-year lows and i've i've never thought that this could occur and i've never worked in this business of financial advice when interest rates have any anywhere been been anywhere like one percent per annum because when you think of investing your capital with uh, a, on a say a one percent per annum and if your tax rate was 28 cents in the dollar your net earning rate is 72 cents in the dollar that you've earned so add to that the cost of cpi which is occurring every year you're actually behind the eight ball by investing in term deposits with a 1% pre-taxable yield. So we can see why we're getting the calls from clients to say we can no longer live on the income that we're getting from our after-tax term deposit interest rates. Yeah, so you kind of look at it and you go, you know, New Zealanders, because of the fact, you know, we spend more than we earn and we've spent more than we've earned for, oh, coming up now, I think it's about 25 years from when I looked at the most recent data set, so because of us being in a, a debtor nation, in other words, we spend more than we earn, we've typically paid a higher rate of interest than our um, global competitors or cohort, you know, Canada, Britain, Australia, United States. So anyone in New Zealand who's been a saver has been given this return premium on term deposits. And you've only got to look back to 2006, 2007, under the Helen Clark administration, you know, we had, we had 
on call interest rates at 8.25%. So you didn't have to look very hard or think very hard, and you received a pretty whopping return. So people could live off that. But that compression from 8.25 down to 1, that's, that's massive. I agree. And we're having people that we know are ringing us, and they are not clients, and they've invested for, say, up to 10 years in term deposits. Mm. And they've been quite happy with that because it's been secure. They've they've realised that there has never been any potential for any capital growth in a TD. And they've been completely reliant on the interest. In fact, the after-tax interest. And now it's almost nothing. Well, it, you know, it's interesting because I know that, um, you know, on my Radio Kidnappers show with um, Ken Morrison, he asked me if, you know, we were getting calls from people who were struggling with the interest rates. And... There's like a, a delayed effect because, you know, when when the Reserve Bank lowers the interest rates, if you have your capital tied up in term deposits for, say, 18 months, well, you'll be reading that, you know, that there's a fire in the kitchen and there's plenty of smoke, but it's not affecting you yet because your rates or your income is locked in for a considerable period of time, e.g. 18 months because... If you've got 18 months to go on your term deposits, doesn't matter if interest rates go to zero, you still have 18 months of earnings. And it's pretty much not until lately that finally a lot of that term deposit money is rolling off. And the numbers now, when people had a four in it, so they were receiving, say, 4.2% on their um, you know, single A rated high credit quality bank term deposit, and they're now being offered something that starts with a one, that gets you off the couch. Well, it certainly makes them pick up the phone because they're reading this bank advice that the renewal rate is, one, say, 1% for the next two or three years. Um, they're now ringing us to say, we can't live on this. It's too low. Should have been talking to you a year or three ago, and I want to talk to you now. Well, there's never like a time. I mean, there's never a bad time to seek advice. Um, a lot of people think that you need to seek advice when um, when there are troubled waters, or things are difficult. But I like to use the analogy that you know, do you do you only ever service your car, Don, when uh, the engine lights on? Yeah, well, that's an interesting analogy because if the uh, the oil light comes on <laughs> and you're halfway from here to Taupo, you have got to make a decision. <laughs> and if you haven't got any spare oil in the boot. Um, you've got a real problem. Yeah. Uh, but you, it certainly makes you do something. Yeah. Either stop the car or turn back. So maybe that maybe that analogy is a little bit like at the moment where, you know, the um you know, some of the people are kind of halfway to Tampa. You know, they've got half their term deposits are still to mature. Mm-hmm. The other mm-hmm. half are currently sitting on call earning a tenth of one percent and are sitting there saying, you know, I need to engage some advice. I heard an interesting story a few years ago. Uh, from a dentist who made the comment that people, for the most part, just don't bowl into the dentist because they've got half an hour spare. Um, um, they come in on appointment basis as now, or they come in when they urgently need root canal therapy, <laughs> and they want the meeting with the dentist within two days because they've got a headache and they're feeling terrible. So that, that issue of root canal th- therapy drives them to the dentist. Yes. 
and this is the sort of experience we're seeing now because some of these folk have overlooked the notice or the earlier notice that they got two years ago that they had a 4% return, but today's return's one, and it is making them think and be serious about their financial position. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. Mm. In, in terms of that, in terms of the capital, so the people are, and, and I've referred to before, you know, like, you know, highly rated bank term deposits, it would appear that there's evidence in the market that some people are starting to chase yield, which is kind of reminiscent of 2005, 6, 7, and sadly 8, which of course was the global financial crisis that October. Um, and it was interesting, I saw I, um, some of my Australian friends um, and advisors um, shared with me an interesting little graph last week, and it's the first graph that I've seen where someone's added in a new sub-asset class. So imagine that you've got a line, it's like a curve, um, so starting at the bottom, heading up, arcing, and at the bottom you've got cash, stepping up, then you've got term deposits. After that, a little bit higher, a little bit more risk, a little bit more return is short dated fixed income. And after that, a little bit higher, a little bit more risk, higher return I should say, long dated fixed income. And then, this is the new one that I saw added to the curve, private debt. Now, I've never seen that added before. It was the first time. Because, of course, after the after the little graph this person had shared, private debt was, of course, small small company equities, so small stocks, and then large stocks, so your big you know, S&P 500s, and, and then finally all the way up to venture capital or private equity. But that, in, that insert of private debt, so this, is, this particular newsletter that I happened to see was encouraging, it was encouraging people to buy private syndicated debt. Yeah, we're talking. That's um, you know the you know that analogy we talked about with the car. That is the engine light is blinking at you. I mean that for people to actually go out and buy syndicated private debt was um, I've not seen that before. But that gives us some evidence, some understanding that there's some really interesting interesting things that are being chased and proposed out there as people chase yield. You're correct. I was at a working bee recently. Uh, out in the country with a group of people planting native trees yes. and one knew what I did and asked me for an opinion and he had invested in parcels of 5 to 10k uh, into private debt and I think it's because wow. well he did say that he's always been in the bank but with now not being able to earn anything much in the bank yes. he's looked for another area that was producing fixed interest returns and he'd gone to private debt. And I said, this sounds somewhat risky. And he said, oh, no, I only put 5,000 with each parcel that comes out. So I spread my parcels. So if something goes wrong with one of these borrowers, I'm only going to lose, you know, say up to 5K. Uh, but he hadn't thought of any other asset classes beyond something that produced interest. Mm. And he had no investments in any shares whatsoever and never had had. Wow, okay, yeah, so so effectively you're talking about that's a fixed um, a fixed income investor by mindset, you know, by um, tooth and claw, they're fixed income. So effectively they uh, increase the risk within that asset class by um, phenomenally increasing the risk profile by, um, by going direct. Correct. Intriguing, intriguing, I mean, it's before my time, 
but um, but certainly you would have seen the um, syndicated mortgages. Um, what were they? They failed badly in New Zealand. Was it the 1990s? It was before my time. I, I, of course, joined the firm with you at your invitation in July 2000. And I recall in that year, our PI cover, our insurance cover as advisors, prohibited us in any way across the whole industry from getting involved in those uh, mortgages. That's right. Yeah. You're quite right. Yes, the in- insurers had had a negative experience quite quickly as borrowers um, fell over, falling over means they didn't have the ability to pay the interest that was due and certainly didn't have the capital uh, oh. to get rid of the debt. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So so you know how they say history repeats? Yes. Yeah, one would uh, one would think that you know, possibly the wheel is turning. Yeah, well, when you look at um, the amount of uh, money that houses are selling for over and above the GVs, yes. we're hearing of cases where they've sold for a million more than GV. Yes. No valuation, no limb report. Uh, so if the property market came back and some of, and it's, let's assume some of that additional debt over and above the GV was leveraged, there's some problems for the banks coming up. Mm. Yeah. yeah, well I see that the uh, ANZ yesterday, um, that that was the worst, um, worst profit profit announcement in quite some time. I mean, you know, typically the uh, Australian banks, and it's always the Australian banks that we focus on because most New Zealanders and certainly the media love to play that up. But each of the banks typically in the past has made basically a billion Kiwi. That's a billion New Zealand dollars of profit <coughs> each per year. And um, well, this year it is certainly not that uh, as they start to provision for uh, write downs and such like. That's right. Um, so, so just speaking there about the Australian banks, and I know that uh, when you were uh, doing some travelling last week, we spoke about it on the phone, and and it was just the um, you know the announcement there that the you know Westpac were exiting um, re- uh, retail financial advice in terms of their wealth division, and of course we saw that. Um, I think I well, am I correct that BNZ uh, announced that they are putting their insurance business on the market. Yes, as well. <coughs> So a fairly phenomenal number of I mean that, that that's a that's a lot of really large animals to get through the gate at the same time because these are big ticket items and uh, you know quite clearly the banks just do not have that appetite to remain in that sector. Yeah, and the, some of the the sentences are along those lines. Yeah, we need to stick to our core base, and that does not mean investment management and risk management services. They've been quite open. Yes, yeah. So I guess there has been a little bit of a retrenchment over time where we used to see in some of the uh, rural centres, used to see uh, the banks, the Australian, particularly the Australian-owned um, banks, that they would have uh, advisors in all of those communities, whereas we did start to see probably about five, six years ago a retrenchment where they would parachute in advisors on a, on a you know, couple of days a month just to service the hinterland, whereas we, we, you know, the trend has been of retrenchment for some time. Mm, yeah, it's been coming. Yeah, quite right. Um, so Don, just one more question for you, and um, just been thinking, you know, to many people, you know, interest rates at zero may seem like an incredibly unconventional policy, but on the contrary, the deposit rates have been declining for years. And you know, we touched on Helen Clark earlier. Well, you know, two thousand eight. They've been declining since then. And, you know, many investors have been feeling the squeeze for years now. 
do you think it's time uh, that you know people wake up and they actually think hard about where they where they put their money and actually seeking some real advice? Probably long overdue, and the FMA have been saying this for a number of years. They've been encouraging people to get advice. And I, I guess why it hasn't happened, one reason will be, is that up until 2008, the bank on-call TD rates were adequate enough to see people just leaving them rolling over every year in the bank. But it's only this challenge we've seen now where they've currently won and looking like going to naught that they're forced into seeking yes. opinion, like the person with the dentist with root canal therapy. Yes, they just yes. have to go there. So crisis sparks opportunity, I guess, and uh, they'll be uh, more um, in, enlightened when they start seeing some financial advice. Mm. Yes, yeah. yeah. Which will probably put some more resilience into the um, financial plans for many individuals mm. as, as part of the, you know, seeking that advice, which is a positive thing. Correct, because we, we see a few people that we know who are wanting to get liquidity out of their term deposits. But if the de- term deposits are laddered, like uh, say they had uh, five, 500,000 and it's uh, 100,000 for one year, 100,000 for two years and then three years and then four years, they have to wait a year to get the first 100,000 out. So they have no liquidity within term deposits. Yeah, liquidity is king. Uh, yeah, yeah, and you can attain liquidity by having tradable bonds mm. at a very satisfactory uh, yield, earning rate. Well, Don, look, we really appreciate you joining the show today. Uh, we look forward to tapping in some of your, um, you know, 46 years of um, experience and wise counsel. So we look forward to welcoming you back um, on the show in the future. Thank you, Nick. Good to be part of these discussions. Thank you. The information provided or any opinions expressed in this podcast are of a general nature and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from an authorized financial advisor before making any decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge by calling 0800 878 961 or visiting our website www.stuartgroup.co.nz